you can see the church in Leon. Many years ago in the 60s, that they started with a storefront, and they kind of recovered that storefront. And I remember my mom telling me, well, she's still alive, but being part of that and going there for the weekends. And, you know, they were so poor at that point that they were using bricks that the, of constructions that were turned down. So they took these bricks and they cleaned the bricks to reuse them. And I remember my man telling me, you know, how they built this building and restored it, going there the weekends and do it that way. And the Lord blessed that. And, uh, you know, now the, the church, you can see the storefront right now. And the Lord has been blessing the church for many years, mainly since, since the beginning of the 1990s. And with the freedom to preach the gospel and people getting saved and people being developed and all the ministries surrounding the church. And now by God's grace, the church is totally packed every Sunday morning. We have uh, developed the church from 100 seats to 120 to 150. Now we have 170 seats and we cannot fit anyone else there. We don't even, you know, fulfill the the fire department requirements. And I'm not going to say that in Spain, but I can say it here. <laughs> because they, they ask for, you know, aisles, which are this wide. Or, but we don't have really room to have put people there to listen to the Word of God. So we really need a, a new place for people who are being safe. Last year, we have our largest uh, baptismal service, and we have 14 people requesting to be baptized. And in Spain, usually in our context, you only have a baptismal service once a year. And you have one, two, three, you have five or six, it's just, you know, mega baptism service. <laughs> so the Lord has been blessing the preaching of the gospel and people being safe. And that's what encourages us. And they are doing discipleships and doing Bible studies and mentoring all these people, also training the leaders who are coming behind us. And we've been training a group of five men in the last three and a half years in our church. And we are really encouraged with that. And, of course, we also face opposition and trials and difficulties. And that will be one of the biggest requests, prayer requests, that you know, as the Lord is blessing the ministry, we know that the enemy is, is not you know, pleased with that. And he's even raising some people sometimes within the, 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 the own church to oppose what is going on, and, and we are praying to God that God will, God will give us unity and he will bring much glory to his name in this key moment of our, of our history in Leon and in Spain too. So because of that and because of the growth, now we have a new church project, church building project, and this has a lot of history because it goes back to 1992. And in 1992, when they started approving all these new laws, developing the Spanish Constitution, giving us the same rights as the Catholic Church, uh, my father-in-law, Manuel, who is an elder in the church and used to be more like the main pastor before, till a few years ago, he went to the city hall and asked for a, a, a property because they give properties to the Catholic Church to build churches and serve the community. So we asked for the same. This is kind of like crazy idea, really. <laughs> they don't really give the churches anywhere, very, very unheard of. But, you know, by God's grace, you know, he moved Manuel to go there and supported by the elders. And they started conversations. And it took 15 years till 2007, going back and forth, 
praying. They will say, oh, yeah, we know you have the same right. We'll give it to you. But that never happened. There was a new election, new people coming into government, saying no process, then new election, new city mayor. And this went on for 15 years, but it was God's timing. So in 2007, the city gave us this piece of property, which is in one of the nicest areas of the city right now. It's the new development by the river, which is a walkable river, just two minutes away walking uh, to the main shopping center. And it's a brand new neighborhood with all with young families, and very beautiful area. And God gave us this property, which is over an acre of uh, extension, acre and one-fourth, 5,000 square meters. And this is really a miracle. I mean, considering our history, and I grew up in Spain. I was born there, grew up there. And I can see this is really unheard of, and it's really an act of God. It's nothing we can even imagine. So we started with the church project, and we took it, you know, one step at a time. And we, we never had the money, but we, we had this commitment that even without having the money, we were not going to get into debt unnecessarily and using the resources God was giving us and trusting God. If he gave us this property, which is worth 3 to $5 million just by itself at this point, we, we are not allowed to sell it, though. You know, they gave us the property, and the only request was, you got to use it for a church. You, you don't sell it, and, you know, you get profit from it. But just the property will be worth, in the real estate market, almost $5 million. So we trust the Lord. You know, you gave us the property. We want to be wise. We want to be a good stewards. We don't want to get crazy and get into debt, and, you know, it will burden the ministry, but we want to take steps of faith as you provide. So we started in 2012. And I remember just meeting the, the board of elders and the, the people we were training, just seven, eight men, most of us, three of us in full-time ministry, and two or three of them retired, and the other ones just, you know, lay people with very simple jobs. And we followed David's example as they were going to build the temple, and we really had the conviction, this has to start with the leadership. If we are not willing to sacrifice and give and give a good example to the church, I think that's not going to, you know, the Lord is not going to bless that. We don't want to wait for others to do it. So we pray about it for a week. We went back home with our families and pray about it. And a week later, we came back, and just an anonymous paper, we wrote the amount we will be willing to give to it. And the Lord raised $50,000 just within seven, eight men with no resources. So we told the church, and the church matched that. And the church gave another $50,000. And that was in 2010. Um, but that wasn't really enough to build this church, right? But it was a good start. So we have enough money. Do you see the pictures? To kind of fence the property and dig a hole there and kind of get it going. And we wait, you know, for the Lord to provide what was needed later. And as congregation... Uh, we were giving, and we are giving as much as we can, and sacrificially, but we know we are depending on the Lord to provide for we cannot, we don't have. So that's been the process since 2012, show you different pictures. Yes, step by step. Every time our commitment with the workers was, look, if we ask you to work this month, it's because we have the money, and we pay you at the end of the month. But we don't know if we're going to have the money next month. 
if you agree on these terms, we're going to work together. If not, you know, we don't want to, you know, have uh, expectation from you that we're going to be able to fulfill. So that's, this is very rare in Spain. I mean, this is unheard of. As maybe it's the same in the States, right? You start a project, you have a budget, you do a contract with them, and you pay as they go, but the contract goes, says, well, within a year or two years we'll do this, and this is the amount of money. So God used the crisis in Spain, the big crisis in Spain that still is going on, and we are kind of slowly getting out of it, to have people who were willing to take these terms because they didn't have any job. So they didn't have an option. Maybe two years before, even paying them, they wouldn't be willing to do it. Even telling them, look, we're going to do it within a year. Because they were so busy with so many things, they, they got to choose whatever they want to do. But at this point, by God's grace, providentially, they gave us good workers too, very faithful. And, you know, every month we didn't know where it was going to come from next month. And we were very upfront with them and telling them, look, we are trusting God. And it's been a great testimony to the workers. So we've been doing this for the last three years. Since February February 20th, 2012, we broke ground. And it's been three years, just a couple of weeks or a week or even a few days. What day is today? 25th. This is the jet lag. Five days ago, it was three years. And it's been every month the Lord has been providing in very miraculous ways. So you can see the progress with the foundation, Going up pretty much month by month, season by season, the external walls and um, the structure and then the roof and insulation, the front cross and lighted. The roof, which was really huge step, and we just finished that in November. And then December 2012, we finished the external walls with the roof and everything. So it's up. And it's a great testimony to the city. Even in the Christmas season, we lighted the cross. And it's right by the city mall. So everyone passed by it as they do all the shopping for Christmas. And it's you know, a way to just tell them we are there. Uh, we've made it to the front cover of the newspaper many times. The news, the local news. And people are asking about it. And saying, oh, when you, you know, inaugurate the new church, are we allowed to come? No, we would love to come. So we invite them, and not just for the inauguration, but we tell them, you can, you can come back later and stay. And, you know, so this is going to give us many opportunities, because in Spain there is all these biases. And, you know, about who are we, we are kind of a cult, or people don't even know about us, so they don't trust us. And having a building, we know a building is a mean, really. It's not the end in itself. And God is going to just save people through the word, the preaching of the word, the preaching of Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's the only way. He could do it anywhere. We don't need a building for it. Not only in Spain, but anywhere in the world. But this is going to be helpful, humanly speaking. So people are willing to come, get into the building, because it looks like a church where they are used to in Spain, and then listen to the gospel. And then God, by his grace, will save them in his plans. So right now we're in a point of, of, the, of the project that we've been raising money for the windows. And as I was preparing the PowerPoint just last week, uh, you know, and doing numbers with the architect, how much do we need? 
And then counting all the windows, we have 193 windows. So make it more reasonable. So if people want to be involved, you tell them the big number that, you know, nobody has all that money. And then you feel discouraged and probably you're not going to be part of that. Of that. But then we made the numbers and we were very encouraged, even without the money, because we thought, look, this is for our own church. This is reasonable. Probably we, we do, a, you know, an effort. We can be part of it and, you know, contribute with a window to the church or two windows as families. So I just told that to our congregation last Sunday and encouraged them and kind of, you know, uh, asking them to pray about it and see they could be part of the, of, of the windows. And you know, it will be $500 per window, 400 euros. So we are praying for 193 people who will be willing to be part of that. And I can promise we'll put your name in the window. But <laughs> if you come back to visit us, I'll tell you, this is your window. <laughs> you may be sharing the window with someone else, but, you know, it's going to be your window too. So but, but by God's grace, we just heard last week, and I want to be totally honest, we are still raising money because after this is many things to come inside. But last week we heard from Pastor John MacArthur that uh, God has provided for the windows. So, praise the Lord for that. And this is really our story for God's glory. And I hope this encourages you as we need to trust the Lord every day with kind of like, you know, it looks like easier things or smaller things, but many times are as difficult or even worse than this, personally speaking. And the Lord is faithful and God is in control. And we know that, all of us. But this is a great testimony for God's glory of his faithfulness, his sovereignty, and his providence. And we still need windows, because if we don't use it outside, we'll use it inside. And it's going to be a, a good way and reasonable way to be part of what God is doing in Spain. So this is an opportunity. You would like to be part of it. It's very easy. You can go to the website, gracechurch.leon, the name of the city, and you could be part of it. Just following that instruction, if you prefer to do it another way later on, I could explain you. But also, very neat thing of what God is doing is the training of men to preach the word. And this has been part of my heart since I finished seminary in 2004, and I graduated and I went back. And we started with uh, Bible conferences, and uh, we started in 2010 with four conferences in a year. And uh, just in February, Pastor Michael Mahoney, very good friend of us, and he's been coming to Spain for five years in a row. We were classmates in seminary, sitting, you know, in the back row in some of the classes together. And he speaks Spanish because he was a missionary in Chile and helping with the Spanish ministry. So all these connections. So this, this, in February, he came to, the, to do a conference about the sufficiency of the scripture versus psychology. And the conference was packed. We have a training, a retreat center, which we use for camps mainly in the summer. And there's a lot of legacy there with a British missionary who came many years ago. But we can host around 100 people. And we had 160 people. So that is including children. So we had to, you know, all of us who live in Leon, which is 30, I live like 40 minutes away from this place, we asked all of them, okay, you got to stay this time at your home and come for the weekend. 
And then many other people had to stay at hotels in the city 30 minutes away. And this is not very common in Spain. And out of our last five conferences, four of them were sold out and with a waiting list. So God is just raising a, a awareness for the need of the world and appetite and people who come, they come back and they bring other people because they really come for the world. It's nothing else there. It's just a small town full of cows and sheep. It smells bad. Nothing fancy or, you know, attractable. But it's just God's word. And people from all over Spain come. And we have now a, web, a website ministry putting all the conferences there for free so you can download them. And we've seen that many people from, you know, Central and South America from all over Spain, even from the United States, are downloading the, the conferences, and we are very encouraged by that. And just last fall, we started the seminary. This is a great you know, answer from God to many years of prayer and, and serving him there for 10 years. And we started the seminary with 32 men, and they come six, five weekends a year because they are from different parts of Spain. And they come from all over Spain, people from Barcelona, which is eight, nine hours away driving, from Seville, six, seven hours away driving. We have one man from Lisbon, Portugal, which is eight hours away. We have two men from Northern Africa, which is like 12 hours away. And all these people are coming just to be trained in the world because there are not really many options who hold fast to the inerrancy of the world, the expository preaching, and takes this subject seriously. So we are very blessed by it, and to the point that there's many people who are asking already for starting next fall, and then our third-year students who are graduating in May. Uh, we're starting the fall, but before that, we cannot do it, you know, unofficially with the men in our church, and then with other men in other parts without calling that seminary, and then they found out later that it was seminary when they have all the homework. And they realized, you know, this is more than a Bible study. <laughs> so we took them, put them into the third year, and now they are graduating. And they were, last January, when we had our weekend, they were literally begging us, you got to do something after we finish, because we're going to be trained more. So they are finishing a diploma in expository preaching, and probably, Lord willing, we'll start a diploma on Bible and theology with them. And we don't know how we're going to do it. You know, I'm, I know by myself there, there are other two graduates from the Master Seminary, Gaspidal and his family, and Ruben Bideira, and they are a great blessing. The Lord has given us a great team. But just with three of us, you know, all this training, we do everything. We teach the classes. We do all the administration. We do all the grading, the follow-up, everything. And we are already overwhelmed. And not only that, you know, we, we pastor at the church we, we are full-time to the church, and we really need help with, you know, God will bring more men. In fact, we have uh, two other men right now in seminary from Spain, here in Master's Seminary. Um, one of them is finishing now, and the other one, who is my brother-in-law, is going to just start a seminary and this year, and is going to be coming back in three years to different parts of Spain, but they will be involved with the seminary. But in the meantime, there is all these requests. And I will ask for your prayers that God will give us wisdom how to respond to all this need. We are not trying to promote the seminary or less promote ourselves, but they are coming to us 
and asking for help, and we really want to respond to that. So we'll see how we're going to do it, because with 32 students plus maybe more new students plus a new program, so just pray for wisdom that God will provide people who will be able to help us, especially nationals. At this point, we need to be part of the program. So that's you know, what God is doing in our context, and we are very grateful for being part of that and grateful to God that he allowed us to serve him in that way and praying you know, that he will keep using us for his glory in, in the city and all over Spain. We just recently had two of our graduates who are going to be graduates next May who were ordained to the ministry. In Spain, they don't necessarily wait till they are ordained from seminary. They are not really seminaries like masters here. So they were already into ministry. They were elders at their church, and they've been called from God to full-time ministry, and they've been part of the seminary enough with all this this experience. They are in in their 40s, most of them. And we had just two recent ordinations in southern Spain. And just 10 days ago, I was in one of the ordinations with Gaspida. I was preaching there. They have a beautiful church, you know, and growing. And all these men are coming to the Shepherds Conference this year. Yes, in a couple of days, they will be arriving with 11 men. And God is doing great things in our context. So please pray for us. And uh, I know you do, but now probably you have more information how you can pray for us. So I'm going to open it up for questions. Yeah. And yes and no. Yes, in the way that we've been partnering with Instituto Expositores IDEX, and some of the students we have, or we, they were not able to come five times a year with us, they've been taking that. But then, uh, you know, most of them, they prefer, and we prefer to have personal contact, discipleship, part of the training, being involved in their lives, visiting their churches, so that's key for us, to keep them in the country. I came to the master Seminary. We are still sending key guys. But the less we send here, just take it you know, the right way, the better. Because we are getting to a point that we are starting to be able to train the men. And they stay at their churches. They keep serving there. They stay in the culture. And we kind of develop a personal relationship. And we make sure you know, that they are part of what God is doing in Spain. So we are still sending a key few men, but it's very, you know, it's going to start more rare and rare to do that. That would be our prayer. Yeah. More questions? Yes, Dolores. Um, yes. Yes, good observation. Thank you. Uh, they just changed it recently, uh, in outreach, so I wasn't able to, these are my summer prayer cards. So they changed Leon for the new church. You want to donate for the new church is gracechurch.org slash Leon. If you want to be partnering with our family, it will be our last name, gracechurch.org slash Robles. And that will take, uh, take you to the two different places. So forget about the prayer card, just keep it in the front of the car, pray for us. And the information is our last name, gracechurch.org slash Robles, for the church building, Leon, the city. I think that's better. 
and outreach always do it better way. So thank you for your your work for us. More questions? Not really, not really, not in England. Yeah, we have contact with some of the missionaries who are in England. In fact, uh, in March, I'm going to be visiting one of the churches there, be preaching for them but in English. But we don't have contact with the Spanish community there. Yeah. Yes. Spanish-speaking men, they are, in fact, one of them is a missionary into northern Africa. So there are two small cities in North Africa which are Spanish territory still, which is left of all this great empire Spain had. So they are in North Africa, very small cities, so you have all the rights as Europe and Spain. But then this missionary who's been trained with us, really, not by us, uh, it's with us, he's in his 60s, he's been a missionary to the Muslim countries of North Africa for over 30 years. And it's a great example to us of humility that to this point of his life, now he want to be trained more. So he's one of the men, and yeah, they speak Spanish. And then the, the guy from Portugal, Portuguese and Spanish are very close, but he speaks enough Spanish so he can do all the homework and follow the classes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's much worse in other countries of Europe, especially Germany, France, England. Spain, we have around 1 million Muslims out of almost 50 million people. And most of them are from North Africa, Morocco. And so we kind of have a good relationship. And, you know, we had many years of dealing with them, so we kind of know how to do it on how it's wise to do it. And Spain has a lot of history with dealing with, you know, Muslim countries. So at this point, obviously, Europe, all of Europe is threatened by this new, you know, alert. And Spain is part of that. But it's not really, as far as I know, a, a big deal at this point in Spain, neither for our community, the Christian community, or for our church at all. So we'll see what the Lord has for us. Yeah. Regular size, an average size of a church in Spain will be around 50 people, 30 to 50 people. Many of these churches who are coming to us are 100. The church I was preaching in Seville, that this man was ordained to ministry, is 200 people, which is a mega church. Another man from north, uh, northwest of Spain, Marin, this is the largest conservative church, is almost 400 people. And that church was planned by Spurgeon's uh, college graduates in the 1800s. Two of them who came to, you know, were sent out from Spurgeon's college, pastor's college, and came there, started preaching the gospel. This is a small village of like 5,000, 8,000 people, and they have a almost 400 people church there. So it's the legacy of the preaching of the word and preaching of Christ. Yeah. Are there in Spain? Are there 
official numbers will say there are around 2,000 churches in Spain evangelical, but there is everything and more. You know, you are not Catholic or Muslim or Jew, you are part of evangelicals. Uh, I w- we have contact with around 600 churches, which are not, ver- not like solid or the, you know, like-minded with us, but close enough to call them evangelicals. So I will be more, you know, feel more uh, 600 or so. And out of those, really close relationship with, you know, 10 to 15, which are like-minded, but that's growing as they are being exposed to the word. Do you advertise at all to get men that are interested in being trained in those other churches? We advertise the conferences. And we send all the information to these 600 churches we have a connection with. We, we, kinda, we haven't need to advertise the seminary because we are taking only like 15 to 20 students for each cohort. And we have a waiting list every time. So we don't want to advertise it and then get too many people and tell them, no, we're sorry. So we, we, by God's grace, we don't need to advertise at this point. Yeah. They are coming to us. Yes, yes. In fact, the main connection of the churches are brethren. The history of our church is brethren. Yeah, so probably you come now, we change some of the you know, non-essential things. And you wouldn't say we are brethren because of our worship service. or But our legacy is brethren, and many of the churches we partner with are brethren. Because the British missionaries who came, most of them were sent by brethren churches in the, you know, missions movement at the end of the 1800s.